0: So turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. Um, the privilege of preaching through the book of Acts is its narrative. It's the Spirit of God, obviously continuing what Jesus said He would do in building His church, working through the disciples, the Christ followers, and Story by story, we, we get incredible depth and truth. We, we begin to understand uh, the, the motivation of, of heaven when it comes to these um, dramatic s- uh, situations. Just prior to what we're gonna, uh, where we're going to pick up now, I want to remind us of the context. is This lame beggar is healed in a dramatic way. And now we're going to get a look at behind the scenes. Peter's going to explain what has taken place. Peter's going to use the opportunity as he did in Acts chapter 2 with the initial outpouring of the Spirit. This crowd gathers and Peter preaches. Can you see the pattern of the Spirit here? Signs and wonders cause people to wonder at what's going on. They are sign pointing to Christ. The crowd gathers and Peter starts to preach again. So we pick it up in verse 11. While he clung to Peter and John, that's this man now who's healed, he's saved, he's delivered. And he's not just walking, he's running, he's jumping, he's full of joy. And it says, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, all the people, it's interesting to notice, all, everyone around, utterly astounded, ran together, uh, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? Isn't that awesome? Utterly astounded, ran together. These are signs of excitement. This is Christianity 101. This is what God has for each of us. This is his gospel coming into a dying world and announced with signs and wonders, and now Peter's going to make sense of it as he preaches this sermon. And straight away, he takes the attention off himself. This isn't Peter and John Healing Ministries International. This isn't about us gathering crowds. This is about through signs and wonders, God is going to make his name known. And it's not our piety. You know, often we think, you know, it's because of my unique incredible wonderful personality and you know I'm one of God's specials I'm one of his favorites and I'm just doing everything right you know it's he the testimony it's often in spite of us in spite of us but what he does challenge us with is please do believe that God wants to do this now he preaches verse 13 the God of Abraham the God of Isaac the God of Jacob The God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. Peter wasn't going to kind of do a bit of PR work for the kingdom. He was wanting to use this opportunity to state the facts as they were and then to prepare people to receive Christ into their hearts as Lord and Savior. When he had decided to release him, but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Same crowd, a couple of months back, were saying, crucify him. Now this miracle takes place. The lame man that they had passed by themselves is healed and their hearts are stirred. Isn't what he says in verse 15? You killed the author of life. That for me is one of the most dramatic statements in the book of Acts. You killed the author of life. How can you kill the author of life? But Christ in his um, form of being submitted to humankind and the rest of it, you killed him. But yeah, God raised him from the dead. And to this we are witnesses. He uses the situation at hand to help them understand the power of the gospel. You killed him. It's a record now. Historically, you killed him. You chose to have Barabbas released and Christ crucified. You killed him. But God raised him from the dead. And this, to this we are witnesses. That's our job. Every single one of us. We are witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the power of the gospel. This is not another guru who's come to give another philosophy and way of life and gather a a following after himself. No, this is the author of life, the one in whom everything came about through Jesus. He is the creator. All of life has come about through him, but you killed him. You chose when you had the opportunity not to listen to him, but to kill him, he says. God raised him from the dead. And this is the, the job we now is to witness. Haven't you ever thought about that? Killed the author of life. I think there's a, uh, I've just written that down. Uh, I think it comes from Philippians where it says we live as enemies of the cross. We live as enemies of the cross. It's, it's interesting, prior to Christ, that was us. I think of me prior to Christ. I, I want to stress that because Peter was showing them their need for salvation. I was in a um, school in Durban, uh, and there was a preacher's son who was in my class. Uh, he was like goody two-shoes. You know, we all used to mock him, all, me in particular. Um, and every Monday they would give these wonderful reports, you know, you would kind of have to say what you did, and he would always say, you know, my dad is a preacher and he puts up a tent in various suburbs of Durban and he preaches and people are saved and healed. It meant nothing to me. I was spiritually dead. And you know, I used to mock him. When I'd get up, I'd say, so in the tent, who was Jesus? Was he the clown or the trapeze artist? He would cry in cloths. I'd bring him to tears. He'd go home and tell his folks. And and they used to spend prayer sessions praying for this evil, wicked Marcus Herbert. It's amazing. I I didn't even, you know, I kind of went through all of school resisting their prayers, their offers of salvation, nothing. I was only interested in in doing what I wanted to do. And for me, uh, you know, I kind of feel like I killed the author of life. You see, given the choice, we were there, we would have done exactly the same thing. We would have. Given the same set of circumstances and you were there in the Garden of Eden, you would have chosen evil as well. And you see, outside of Christ, we are choosing evil all the time. That's why we need salvation. Years later, my mom phones me and she says, this guy is now running a church in the south coast. And uh, so I phoned him up and I said, hey, I'd like to meet you. And I remember I met him at um, a <laughs> shopping center. And when I kind of walked up to where he was sitting, I could see apprehension on his face. <laughs> I don't know if he was still remembering the, some of the comments and the attitudes I had towards him. But I sat down and he just shook his head. So I said to him, I'm leading a church. And it's like he just couldn't believe what he was hearing. It was like science fiction to him. And he looked at me and he said, you hurt me deeply. But I have forgiven you. And there was this wonderful moment of healing that took place. But you know what it was? It's God raised me from the dead. And God wants to raise us from the dead. Here is my preach to us. Don't see this as something that these wicked Jews needed to hear back then. No, it's to us who without Christ have got no hope. And we are living as enemies of the cross. And I want to encourage you to make a decision to serve him because his resurrection power will give you new life in Christ Jesus and to all of us who are born again Christ followers we are witnesses of this we're going to hear more about this later and in his name by faith in his name he has made this man strong whom you now see and know and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all isn't that interesting? There's Peter's comment on what took place. Remember, they weren't going to go and pray for this man. They were walking past him. He asks for money. They say, look at us. They grab his hands, lift him up, and there's a miraculous healing. In other words, they're saying, this is the power of God in Jesus' name that is available to us. And if we have faith in Jesus, these things we are going to see as well. I want to encourage us. And last week I said it, and I want to reiterate it. Peter is showing us that there's power in the name of Jesus. Please, folk, every single one of us, let's approach life that way. is living our lives, having faith in in the power of Jesus. Verse 17, And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, and his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore. Peter did that in Acts chapter 2. Peter's doing it again. In other words, how do we respond? How do we sort this relationship with God out? Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that a a beautiful statement? You know, turn back to God. Because there's refreshing that's going to come. God raises Jesus from the dead. God raises us up from the dead. He gives us new life. This refreshing And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. So all of prophecy, all of the prophets look forward to this day. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. What a beautiful statement. You see, they were familiar with the Abrahamic covenant. And the Abrahamic covenant promised that Israel would be a blessing to all nations. And that God would bring bring them blessing and cause them to be a blessing. Now he's saying that same mandate is on the church. He wants to bless us so that through us all the nations of the world can be blessed. So let's try and summarize this this way. There's promise of life in the gospel. So in this, from this passage, just as what Peter says, here's the promise of life. Our sins are blotted out. Isn't that awesome? Through the blood of Jesus Christ, our sins are wiped out. If we confess our sin. He is faithful for, to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So our sin is blotted out. There is nothing that we can do to blot our sins out. Nothing. Nothing except asking forgiveness to Jesus Christ. The promise of the life in the gospel is times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. And you know that's not just once off as we receive eternal life and this gift of forgiveness justified. It's continually he's going to refresh us. From his presence, he's going to bring refreshing in. And we're going to grow in our relationship with him. We're going to begin to appreciate him more. We're going to worship him more. We're going to kind of just get lost in his love. We, uh, the way we love others is going to be affected by that. The way we see the world, because he's refreshing us. There is nothing. I know there's an advert that goes, Coke refreshes. But there is nothing on this planet that can refresh like Jesus. This man is instantly healed and refreshed. He's leaping, jumping, praising God. He's totally new, and that process continues. The promise of life in this gospel is we receive Christ into our lives, that life-giving relationship, and then ongoing restoration takes place. Here's the challenge, the challenge. So there's the promise, the challenge of this gospel is to repent and turn back. Those are the two ways in which the Bible constantly encourages us to sort things out with God. Repent, change your mind, change your attitude, change the way you're thinking, and then turn to God. It's change your direction and now start to walk in God's direction. You were doing your thing, now turn to God's direction. That's what it requires. It's important. Peter makes it clear. A change of mind and heart, change of direction. And then, from Moses, you shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. That's one that we forget about. You know, I want Jesus the Savior, but Jesus the Lord, that's a little bit more difficult. I want all the benefits of salvation. I want the forgiveness and I want the restoration and the refreshing. But, the challenge of this gospel is we need to listen to him. We've come to him and now that we've come to him, let's obey him, let's walk in obedience. Uh, Galatians says, keep in step with the spirit, obey the word of God. You see, he hasn't given us the word as some kind of suggestion, the word of God is there to show us how we live our lives, the way in which we love and we don't covet and we honor one another and we live at unity and peace and we pray for our government, all of these things are important. And it says, and it shall come to pass that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed. So in other words, there is definitely um, a kind of punishment for those who do not receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And it's important, it's vitally important that we listen to him. It's vitally important that we listen to him. We don't want anyone to be lost. And then lastly, he talks about this We are witnesses of the resurrection. So there is a mission to the gospel. There's a mission. And the mission is, is every single one of us who've received Christ, who've received this new life that there is in the Spirit, is we've been called to mission. We've been called to be witnesses. I think we've forgotten about that. For me, lockdown is bringing this to become way more clear than it was before is that it, witness is not the program. Witness is not for certain personality types. Witness isn't something <clears throat> for church paid or leaders in the body of Christ or for uh, evangelists only. No, witness is the way God wants us to lead our lives. You will receive power to be witnesses. And witnesses, wh- what a privilege we have to talk about how I once was one who lived as an enemy of the cross? I have been born again. I've been, I've kind of received that same power that raised Christ from the dead has resurrected me. I'm a new person. Now I'm a witness of that, and so it's looking for every opportunity, like Peter and John did, to share this gospel. And then it says, "Your offspring sh- and." Uh, um, And in you, in your offspring, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so God wants us to be witnesses. And through us, Matthew 28 says it, all the way to the ends of the earth, he wants us to be a blessing. So what God has put in us, he wants to do to others through us. And the love we've received, he wants to love others. And the way in which we've learned not to be rebellious, he wants us to impact others. The way in which we have hope. In times like these that are hopeless, he wants us to impact others. I'm going to ask the, the worship guys, the guys that sing, to come up here, please. And I, I feel like there's a commissioning moment right now. We're going to read. There's still going to be a consequence to this one man being healed. And next week, we're going to pick up in chapter 4 how the religious authorities start to criticize and want to stop this name being preached. They've been shown up for how inadequate religion is. Guess what Peter does? He uses that opportunity to preach the gospel again.